Let's turn our Bibles this morning to the book of Acts. We're in Acts chapter number 14. Acts chapter number 14. As always, I appreciate the music and I appreciate uh, everything that's going on so far this morning. We look forward to uh, what God has for us in the message. I look forward to seeing you tonight uh, in church. We look forward to having a good time this evening. And I uh, appreciate your faithfulness. Good to see Brother Clark Paquette and his family with us this morning. And uh, I'm glad he's going to get to hear some good preaching today. So, um, now we are uh, missionary to the Hispanics. It's always good to uh, see them. Uh, Acts chapter number 14. We'll begin reading verse number 1. And we'll read down uh, through uh, verse number uh, 10. So, follow along with me, if you would. Acts chapter number 14. Uh, verse number 1. And it came to pass that I called that they went both together into the synagogue of the Jews, and so spake that a great multitude, both of the Jews and also of the Greeks, believed. But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and made their minds evil affected against the brethren. A long time therefore abode they speaking boldly in the Lord, which gave testimony unto the word of His grace and granted signs and wonders to be done by their hands. But the multitude of the city was divided, and part held with the Jews, and part with the apostles. And when there was an assault made, both of the Gentiles and also of the Jews, with their rulers, to use them despitefully, and to stone them, they were aware of it, and fled unto Lystra and Derbe, cities of Lyconia, and unto the region that lieth round about. And there they preached the gospel. And there sat a certain man at Lystra, impotent in his feet, being a cripple from his mother's womb, who never had walked. The same heard Paul speak, who steadfastly beholding him, and perceiving that he had faith to be healed, said with a loud voice, Stand up, ride on thy feet, and he leaped up and walked. This morning we're going to look at uh, verses 1 through 10 specifically. Uh, we'll spend a little bit more time in verses 7 through 10. Uh, but we notice here, uh, the apostles, we, they are going from place to place on their missionary journey. They've been separated by the Holy Spirit of God. They've been commissioned by the church at Antioch. And now uh, they're going preaching the gospel. And we come to chapter number 14. And the end of chapter number 13, if you think back uh, a week, uh, how there was, they were persecuted and they moved on and they still contained and still had the joy of serving the Lord. And now in chapter 14, we find again them running into some more trouble. Uh, it's amazing that the truth always stirs up trouble. We find some key things here that I want us to see this morning. And I we can certainly take what we're going to see this morning and apply it to the life of a preacher. We can take this story and we can apply it to the uh, life of a church as a unit. We can take it. And apply it to a to to a family of Christians. But tonight, this morning, I want to be very uh, personal and practical, and I want to apply these truths to the lives of the individual. And this morning, I want to preach on this subject: when life stirs up trouble, when life stirs up trouble. Father, I pray this morning that uh, you'll help us as we look into the Scripture. May the Holy Spirit of God have liberty this morning. May He be our teacher. And Father, I pray again that if there's one here unsaved, they're uncertain of their eternity, may they call on the name of the Lord Jesus today. 
Father, I pray for the Christian who's discouraged this morning. I I pray for the Christian who's burdened this morning. May they find strength in the Word of God. And Father, may we all determine that no matter what we face in life, that we'll be faithful, we'll continue. And Father, we'll allow you to do a work that only you can do. We thank you again for the fellowship we've already had. We thank you for the music. And Father, we just ask that you work uh, through the preaching of the Word of God. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. As I read this passage of Scripture, there's several things in the first few verses that jump out to me. You find, first of all, in verse number 2, that there were some who did not believe. You know, this is very heartbreaking for a a preacher, for a Christian, for a church, because uh, you want everybody to know what you know, and it's that peace that was just sung about. That peace that can only come from having a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Friend, this world brings you no peace. This world brings you turmoil. This, this world does not offer, cannot offer peace. Only a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ brings real peace. But you find in verse number 2 that there were some unbelieving Jews. They rejected the gospel. They rejected the fact that Jesus was the only way of salvation. They were unbelieving Jews, and what did they do? They stirred up the Gentiles and made their minds evil, affected against the brethren. Now, there are some things in verse 3 or 4 that are very important, but we don't have time this morning, that God continued to do. He gave them the ability to speak boldly. He gave them grace to, to continue. He gave them power to do things above their own ability. But we find in verse number 5 again, in verse number 4 we find, and it was, it was split. There were some on the apostle side, that side who, uh, of those men who had witnessed these things of the Lord Jesus Christ. They had witnessed His resurrection. They were preaching uh, the gospel and those who had made it a point to be against them. And then in verse number 5, we find that when there was an assault made, both of the Gentiles and also of the Jews with their rulers to use them despitefully and to stone them. Now, I've preached a lot of messages in my life, and, and I have faced some people who did not like what I preached, but never have I had a group of people decide to try and stone me. And uh, I don't want to make today uh, the first day that that happens. And so, uh, but we find the opposition that they are facing simply from preaching the truth. For when you want to do right, when you decide that you're going to pattern your life after Scripture, that does not mean all your problems go away. That does not mean all the opposition goes away. That does not mean everybody is going to want to do what is right. But we find here that there were some who stirred up trouble. Did you know that there's nothing new under the sun and there are still those today that like to stir up trouble? They like to stir up trouble against a Bible-preaching church. They like to stir up trouble on the Internet. They like to stir up trouble and get on the telephone and, and gossip to somebody else in the church and to be a critic and, and, and stir up trouble. Uh, unfortunately, we'll have family members who, because we take a certain stand, they want to stir up trouble in the family. Uh, there's nothing new under the sun. <clears throat> there's always going to be some who stir up trouble. Friend, this morning, as a, as a child of God, you are not going to live a life without trouble. You are not going to live a life without burdens. You are not going to live a life 
without disappointment. We find in the story that there were some who stirred up trouble to oppose what God was doing. But friend, I want to apply that just to life in general this morning if I can. Sometimes there are people who stir up trouble. Sometimes, by our own foolishness, we stir up trouble ourselves. Sometimes life stirs up trouble for us. Friend, bearing burdens is not a picnic. Uh, Facing disappointment is not something we look forward to. Sometimes in life is just for me. I can't tell you how many times I have had a Christian say to me, Pastor, I'm doing everything I know to do for the Lord. I'm, I'm serving Him in every way I know how to serve Him. And I've faced nothing but opposition since I decided that. Friend, it's exciting when you see a Christian grow and they get over a, a spiritual hump in their life and they decide that they're going to get some things settled and they decide they're going to take that next step in their life and they think, well, I've got this freedom now. I've got this burden off of me. But oftentimes, Christian, that's when a burden comes. Oftentimes, that's when the disappointment comes. Often, that's when life will hand you something that now you have to deal with. But there are going to be problems in our lives. If I were to raise your, ask you to raise your hand this morning, how many of you have a problem? Most people, if not all. If I could ask the same thing, how many of you are married? Then it answers the same question. We don't have our hands. If you have your hands up, we have problems. That's, that's part of life. Friend, I want us to notice some, some, some key things in this passage of Scripture this morning. I know it's warm this morning. I'll be very punctual. And I'll just remind you, the last two Sundays, I have quit before 12 o'clock. And uh, it gets hot up here. That's, that's why. It's not for your benefit. It's for mine. But uh, I want us to see this morning some things when life stirs you up. There's going to be troubles. There's going to be trials. And there's going to be tribulations. In the life of every church, there's trials, there's troubles, and there's tribulations. In the life of every home, there's trials, there's troubles, there's tribulations. In the life of every Christian, there's trials, there's troubles, and there's tribulations. I want us to notice a pattern here that we can follow. I want us to see that uh, we see in verse number 5, they set out to stone them. And then in verse number 6, they were aware of it and fled into Lystra and Derby. And we find when they get there, what did they do? Look at verse 7. And there they preached the gospel. The first thing I want us to see this morning, the first reaction we ought to, we ought to take notice of, is a fulfilled responsibility. See, those disciples, those apostles were commissioned by the Lord Jesus Christ Himself to preach the gospel to those that needed to hear it. And this morning we assembled together, and aren't you glad that there were some who were faithful centuries ago to preach the gospel so that today we can sit here having received the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We find a fulfilled responsibility. I admire this in these men. They've set a testimony. They have set an example for you and I to follow that when life stirs some things up, when some things get stirred up, and some turmoil comes, and some trials come, that you still have responsibilities to fulfill. They were still called of God to preach the gospel. Anybody out there this morning? They were still had a task to do. The responsibility did not go away because 
because difficulty came. Well, we need a revival of this in our country. Just because it's difficult does not mean, Dad, you lay down your responsibilities to be the kind of father you're supposed to be. Just because it gets difficult and there's trials, Mom, that does not mean you shirk your responsibilities as a mother. And the same could be true said of a husband and a wife. And we think today just because it gets tough that relieves us of all responsibility. And to the children in the service this morning, they say, well, my mom is not a, a good mom or my dad is not a good mom. That does not relieve you of your obligation for children obey your parents and for, for you to do that which is right. You and I have responsibilities that we must fulfill even when it's difficult. Even when there's trials. These men, they went from one place to the next to fulfill their responsibility. Christian, fulfill your responsibility. You have responsibilities as a child of God. You have responsibility to be faithful to the house of God. You find somebody laying out of church and you get all the excuses in the world. You hear, it's almost refreshing. Except for the fact that they're not in church to have somebody say, Pastor, I'm just backslid. That's why I'm not there. That's the sure beats. They're closer to getting back to where they need to be to the one who has all the reasons, all of the excuses of why they can't be faithful to the house of God. Why they can't be faithful to the things of God. Friend, you and I have responsibilities that we must fulfill even when it's difficult, even when it is hard, even when uh, our life brings us things that we never anticipated, we find here a fulfilled responsibility. It would do us all good this morning to determine and decide that no matter what gets stirred up in our life, we're going to fulfill our responsibility. We're going to fulfill the responsibility in every area of our life that God has given us. We find a fulfilled responsibility. It's easy to serve God when it's easy. I just blew some of your minds right there with that, with that complex statement. When everything is going the way that you and I like it, praise the Lord, it's good to serve God. Oh, rejoice in what God has done for us. But let's be faithful when it's a little difficult. Let's fulfill our responsibility when it's hard. Let's fulfill our responsibility while we're carrying a burden and while we're dealing with a heartache, we find a fulfilled responsibility. Number two, I want us to notice this morning in verse number eight. And there sat a certain man at Lystra. We find this observation this morning. We find a particular person. You say, Pastor, that, uh, the Scripture tells us that. What, what, what is the point? Well, here is the point. If we do not fulfill our responsibility, when life stirs some things up, it affects somebody else. There's somebody who goes unaffected. There's someone who does not get the help that they need. There's somebody who is not reached that could be reached. See, a parent, when, when the responsibility is still there and life is difficult and we shirk our responsibility, there's still children that need mom and dad. A spouse, there's still a husband or a wife that needs uh, their, their spouse to, to, to be what they're supposed to be to them. Uh, there's still a Sunday school teacher, there's still somebody that needs you to be 
who you're supposed to be. Just because life gets difficult, just because we're carrying burdens, just because we're dealing with circumstances that we didn't anticipate to deal with, that does not mean we're relieved of our responsibility because there are people, real people, who need you and need me to be faithful to the task that God has given us so that they can have their needs met. This particular individual we've already read, and we'll see again in a moment, uh, 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 is healed uh, of their infirmity. But notice that this certain man, the Bible tells us some things about him. We tell him that he was uh, impotent in his feet, being a cripple. This man could not walk. There are some things that he could not do on his own. We find that through the preaching uh, and through his faith, uh, he is going to be healed of his infirmity. But if he could have done that himself, he would have done it. If he could have fulfilled that himself, he would have done it. How many people... How many people live in this nation, live in our town, live in our neighborhoods that are related to us, people that we could have an impact on, and they could have been helped if we had just fulfilled our responsibility? Do you realize that no matter what people tell you, they really don't want to go to hell? They may reject the way, the way, they may be deceived by some false gospel, but I promise you, in the deep recesses of their soul, nobody that understands hell ever wants to spend a moment there. But if they could save themselves, they would. How, how can I hear without a preacher? The book of Romans tells us. How can I, in the book of Acts, uh, uh, with Philip, the Ethiopian man, Philip, how could I except some man should guide me? Here was an individual whose eternity was going to be changed, whose future was altered because somebody was faithful in the midst of adversity and they could not do it on their own. I believe this in the life of every Christian. There's somebody, somebody that only you can impact that you're supposed to impact. It may be your own children. It may be your grandchildren. It may be some child that you teach in the Sunday school class. It may be somebody that you work with that your God has allowed your path to cross their path. It's not the pastor's path that crosses. It's your path. You should be faithful so that you can make a difference in the life of an individual. Uh, we find that uh, he, he, he was crippled from his mother's womb. He had always been that way. He had always been without help. Isn't it interesting to notice here that in the midst of, of things being stirred up against these men, that there's somebody else that can be helped and affected? These men took it upon themselves to do the task that God had given them to do. This is a man that had never walked. He had never known what it was like to be normal. He had never known what it was like to be able to, 
to, to carry himself from one place to the other. And friend, if you get discouraged, and if you let the burden overcome you, and if you give up on the things of God because life happened and it's not the way you planned it, there is somebody who's going to stay crippled. There's somebody who's never going to have their life affected. There's somebody who's never going to have the opportunity to have faith in a God that can change them if we decide that because it's difficult, because they, oh pastor, they want to stone us and they turn the city against us. Then there's somebody in the next town that wants to be helped. There's somebody who's sitting there crippled saying, why don't somebody care for me? Let me just interject this here. I find it interesting that they're stirring up trouble cared nothing about this man. And that's the way you'll always find it. Those that are stirring up trouble in the church, they're not trying to help anybody. Those that are stirring up trouble in your family, they're not out trying to help somebody else. It's all, the, the ones who stir up trouble, they're not the ones trying to help a crippled person. So, friend, if you're facing adversity this morning, won't you look for that person in the midst of your adversity that God allows you to help? And I promise you something that will happen. Your burden will get lighter because you're relieving the burden of somebody else. Now, you'll find strength that only comes from God because you're trying to do the work of God in the way He instructed you to do it. We find that, that uh, a very key thing that we find a fulfilled responsibility. We find a particular person. Let me tell you, he didn't care about those unbelieving Jews. He's crippled. He didn't care that that city was stirred up against them. He's never taken a step. He wasn't worried about them being stoned. And that brings me to the the next point I want to make here. We find in verse number 9, we find that phrase, the same heard Paul speak. We find a powerful preacher. He heard Paul speak, and verse 9 tells us that he was just fixated on what Paul was saying. We see in verse 10, he is healed because of his faith. We find a very powerful preacher in the Apostle Paul. So here's an important point for you and I to take from this here. He did not allow the situation. He did not allow the trial. He did not allow the tribulation to steal his power from him. He still preached with power. You say, well, Pastor, I'm not a preacher, so I'm not sure how this applies to me. I'll get to that in just a moment. He kept his focus on his responsibility. He kept his focus on what it is that God had for him to do. He never lost something in his heart for, for people who needed to hear the preaching of the gospel. Far too many Christians, because of trials, tribulations, and trouble, have allowed the, the, the external circumstances to steal the joy that's in their heart, uh, 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 relieve them of the power of God that they had in their life. They once prayed, they no longer pray because bitterness has replaced the joy. And disappointment has replaced that which the plans which they had, they had planned out in life. 
front of everybody as something that, that they wish they could change and make it a little different. That's just part of life. But that's no reason to get bitter at God. That's no reason to get angry at God. Because there's somebody else that's going to be affected by that. And how, how, how the story would be different if Paul got up with a chip on his shoulder, if Paul had got up with bitterness in his heart, I'm tired of people trying to stone me. After all, I'm just telling them the truth. I am sick and tired of the way people treat me, and I didn't, I didn't sign up for this when I signed up to serve God, and, and I'm, I'm tired of it, and he lost, he, he lost the love for people. He didn't have the touch of God on him. This man may not have ever been healed. And how many times have Christians quit on God because of trouble that's been stirred up? So, well, well, I just don't think I, I just don't think that's the way it should, should have worked out. Well, friend, I'm not God. You're not God. All I can tell you this morning is His ways are above our ways. Not always know what God's doing, and there's, there's some things on this side of eternity will never know the reason why God did it. But that does not give us an excuse to get angry. That does not give us an excuse to get bitter. That does not give us an excuse to quit on God, quit on the people of God, quit on the house of God, quit on those who are vested in you. No, we've got to keep our focus on the Lord Jesus Christ and what He did for us on Calvary. We've got to keep our focus on the plan of God, the will of God, and whatever we can do. Maybe the door closed in that town, go to the next one, fairly speaking, and find somebody there that you can help, but don't be bitter, don't be angry, don't let that burden and that trial and that trouble steal all the joy that you might have, keep the focus on Him. Uh, this morning I can stand here and I can tell you that, that, that this, is, this is real and this is true. Uh, I, there are things that I can look back on my life. I know what it's like to have a sick child. I know what it's like to bury a child. I know what it's like to go through trouble and tribulation. But I can stand here this morning and say, to God be the glory. He will deliver you. To God be the glory. Uh, he has everything under control. And this morning, I'm not concerned with what happened years ago. I just want to help the next person. I want to preach the next message. I want to accomplish the next thing for the Lord. And friend, you can't allow bitterness to steal your joy. You can't allow bitterness to steal your effectiveness for your God. So some trouble has been stirred up. They will stone you. You're not the first one. You're not the first one that's been, been criticized. You're not the first one that's had to bear a burden. You're not the first one that's had to face disappointment. You're not the first one that's had to deal with a trial. Christian, you're not the first one to get that news from the doctor. You're not the first one to lose a job. You're not the first one to have sickness come into your life. Friend, keep your eyes focused on the task that God has given you. You've got a child that's disappointed you, but you still got one at home. Put all your effort into them. How about your grandchildren? How about somebody that don't have a mother? Somebody that don't have a father? There's somebody to invest in them. Friend, there's somebody else in the next town who has been lame from their mother's room, has nobody to care for them, has nobody to help them, and there's too many that go unhelped because there's too many Christians angry at God and angry at life. Because I'm just trying to do what God wanted me to do, and look what's happened. When Paul preached and he had his power, uh, and by the way, Christian, who says that we're not supposed to ever have any adversity? Well, you like reading about those missionaries martyred. You just don't want to be a martyr. 
Oh, pray for brother so-and-so. He's going through it. That's wonderful, brother. Look at him. He did. Brother, you just need to be faithful. Well, let that come visit your house. And you be faithful. Because there's somebody else who's counting on you. Friend, don't let your bitterness... Bitter Christians don't pray. They don't pray. Bitter Christians are clouded by their own feelings. I can sum up a bitter Christian this way is they think the world revolves around them. I think God owes them a special favor. Friend, I don't know what burden you have this morning. I don't know what you're dealing with. I may not even know you very well this morning, but I can tell you this. If life has stirred some things up, that does not mean God is not on His throne. It does not mean God is punishing you. It does not mean God is forsaking you. You've just got to be willing to say, God, I don't know what you're doing, but I'm going to go to that next task that you have for me. I'm just going to continue fulfilling the responsibility you've given me so that I might be a help to somebody else. The last thing I want to point our attention to is we see in verse number 10. Let's go back to verse number 9. Then the same heard Paul speak, who steadfastly beholding him and perceiving that he had faith to be healed, said with a loud voice, Stand up, <clears throat> right on my feet. And he leaped up and walked. We find this man with faith. We find the last thing we'll look at this morning. We find a changed life because of that faith. If you're saved this morning, how many of you are saved this morning? You know you're on your way to heaven. If you're saved this morning, it was faith that did it. It was not one work you ever did. It's not putting your good works on one end and, and, your, and, your, and your sins on the other and even it out. Because if every one of us was honest, we couldn't do enough good works to even out with that which we have done wrong. It's, it's by faith. And we see here that... That God is still doing a work in spite of the trouble that they have faced. We find the power of God is real, that the Spirit of God is real. This man had the faith to be healed, and now we have a changed life. It's easy to see the progression. The trouble stirred up. They go on to the next town. They still preach and fulfill their responsibility. We find that there's a person there that needed them to do that. They couldn't help themselves. We see that they still had the power they needed. Still, they still had their heart was still where it should be. Their spirit was what it should have been. And now we have a changed life because of it. What if Paul had showed up preaching there? Well, I'm just fulfilling my responsibility and I don't know much much good's going to do. You're going to stone me too? Friend, we must keep our focus what it's supposed to be we must keep our eyes on our God because there's somebody who's counting on it. Well, if I, well, if I quit, it don't affect anybody. I beg to differ. Let me just be as blunt as I possibly can be this morning. If you quit on God, who's going to die and go to hell? If you quit on God, who is it? You may never, you may never know Him. You may never see them, but there's somebody that's watching you with your burden, with your heartache, with your difficulty, and your faith 
and your faithfulness is preaching a sermon to them every time they see you. Notice the context of Scripture. This man was fixated on Paul. And he had faith, but it, it registers and it shows Paul's faith. And he knew Paul believed everything he was saying. He believed Paul believed in the God he was preaching about. And that faith saw that faith and said, that I'm going to put my faith in what you are saying. And he was healed on this day. Friend, you can't ever stop believing that you have a God that's in control. Don't ever stop believing that God has left you and forsaken you because it is not true. And we have a changed life here because somebody continued on in difficult times. I stand here this morning and I can look back on my life and I know I can, I can point to people who have made an impact in my life. And when you're younger, you're naive to think that you look at people and what they show you is the reality. Meaning, just because they have a smile that day you think naively that their life is just perfect. But now that I'm a little bit older, just a little bit older, I can look back and I know that that's not reality. I can stand here today and I'm thankful for those who did not let things that when life stirred up, troubles and trials and tribulations, they continued on. They pressed on. They did the work that God had for them to do. Emmanuel Baptist Church, there are a whole lot of souls in our city, in our town, that need the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's just be practical and logical this morning. Souls that we give the gospel to are going to be more ready to hear it and receive it if it doesn't come from a discouraged Christian. If it doesn't come from a depressed Christian. If it doesn't come from a Christian with the resignation papers in their back pocket. Friend, this is, we live in a hurting world. We live in a hurting nation. You can't go a day if you pay attention and not encounter people who are carrying burdens who are hurting. It's important for you and I. It's important for us as a church, but it's important for you as an individual to keep pressing on. To keep pressing on. To keep pressing on. Well, Pastor, I can I can see how this would be true of a preacher, but I'm not a preacher. I, I just show up every once in a while and I but there's somebody watching you. There's somebody that you could affect that this preacher could never affect. And you've got to continue on, and you've just got to keep going. And you've got to grant forgiveness where forgiveness needs to be granted. And you've just got to trust God when, when, when there's no other explanation. You've just got to trust Him. And you just got to believe that all things work together for good to them that love God. And you just got to believe that God's got your best interest in mind. He's got to remind yourself, well, at least I'm saved. I'm on my way to heaven. I'll never have to spend a moment in the hell. You've at least got that going for you if you trust in Christ as your Savior. And you've got to press on because, Mom, there's, there's a child in your home that's counting on you. Dad, there's a family counting on you. Husband and wife, there's a spouse counting on you. Christian, there's somebody watching you that, that is, is watching how you respond, is watching what you do, and you can affect them in a positive way or in a negative way. 
Friend, this morning, when life stirs things up, why don't we just decide to fulfill our responsibility? Fulfill your responsibility. You find him getting up and preaching, you know, sometimes, I mean, it had to be kind of discouraging, I would think, that every time you preach, the exciting part, people are getting saved. But you know in the back of your mind, how long is it going to be before we wear out our welcome? And as we're seeing in the book of Acts, when they wore out their welcome, they weren't just boarded out and asked to move down the road. They started looking for rocks to pick up. They, 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 they got the, the, the jail cells ready. But they kept on, and they kept on, and they kept on. You know what our churches today need? They need Christians who will just continue. Christians who will just press on. Christians who will just continue doing what the, the responsibility is to do. Father, I pray this morning that you'll just take these simple truths. May you use it. Father, someone here unsaved. May they realize their only way to you is through the Lord Jesus Christ. The only way to escape punishment for their sins is believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray this morning that they'll put their faith and trust in Him. In just a moment when we have our invitation, they'll ask somebody to show them from the Bible how they can be saved. Father, there are a number of messages I could have preached this morning, but this is the one you directed me to. Which leads me to believe there's somebody here who needed what was said this morning. Father, I'm not so naive to not understand that there's people with hurting hearts, with burdens, adversity. But Father, my Bible reminds me that you're still in control. Your ways are above our ways. And just like our story tells us this morning, there's somebody that's still counting on us. Father, I pray that you'll use the message to encourage this morning. May we as Christians, may we as a church decide that we're going to press on no matter what life brings our way. I pray that you'll use the time this morning. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. I'll ask a couple of questions this morning and I won't keep us any longer than necessary, but I've already asked this question a couple of times this morning, but I'll ask it again. I wonder who was here this morning by way of testimony. We'll lift their hand and say, Pastor, I'm 100% sure I'm on my way to heaven. If I die right now, I know my sins are forgiven. I'm on my way to heaven. You just slip your hand up this morning all over the building. What a wonderful sight. Put your hands down. I wonder if there might be one this morning with our heads are bowed, our eyes closed. No one is looking but me, and I'm looking because I'd like to pray for you this morning. If you're not for certain, you're on your way to heaven. That's the only way to have that peace that was sung about earlier. But I wonder if there might be one who say, Pastor, if I'm honest, honest before God, honest with myself, honest with you, I have doubts about my salvation. I'm not for certain that I'm saved. You just slip your hand up this morning so I can pray for you. I'll not embarrass you. But say, Pastor, would you pray for me? I'm not for certain I'm on my way to heaven. In just a minute, we're going to stand to our feet. And if you need somebody to show you from the Bible how you can be saved, would you respond to the invitation? Ladies, there'll be a lady who can show you from the Bible. Men, there'll be a man who can show you from the Bible how you can be saved. 
The Christian, the invitation this morning is not just for those who need to trust Christ as their Savior. Not for a Christian who needs to follow in baptism or join the church. This morning, the invitation is also for a Christian, you're facing some trials, you're facing some tribulations. I think it would be a wonderful thing for you to decide that you're just going to trust the Lord with that. Maybe this morning you're battling bitterness. Nothing sidelines a Christian like bitterness. It's sad when unsafe people are more pleasant than bitter Christians. Maybe you need to get something right this morning. Maybe it's something I have no idea about. Whatever you need to do this morning, why don't you take that to the Lord? Why don't you allow the Holy Spirit of God to work in your heart and work in your life? Why don't you just make up your mind? You know, the best time, Christian, for you to decide never to quit is not when you're facing quitting. Long before the trial comes, determine that you're just going to be faithful. We stand to our feet, our heads are bowed. This morning, the piano begins.